Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. Hello and welcome to the show, a great show, a terrific show, a tremendous show, frankly the best, ask anyone. It is a new year, Blonde, we are just fine because we weren't invited to Deplorable anyway, so I couldn't give a crap. <laughs> this is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen, I am flanked on my right as always. By my wonderful co-host Rebecca, Blonde, welcome. Hello. It is a special New Year's hangover show, or at least I was planning on being hungover, and uh, I in fact got some type of terrible disease this weekend. So I went to bed <laughs> last night at around 10, but I'm cool with that because that gives me an excuse for a crappy, poorly done show either way. So I I'm rolling with it. Got uh, plenty to cover tonight. We'll talk about this KKK documentary uh, on A&E that was scheduled to premiere, I think, January 10th, featuring none other than, none other than our guy, Daryl Lamont Jenkins. Uh, but it's now been busted as fake, and it's been canceled. Why? Find out next. We'll talk about uh, the fake outrage at Cinnabon for their tribute to the late, great Carrie Fisher. They were busted by the Twitter police this week, uh, they being Cinnabon. We'll talk about the other outrage this week, alleged liberals coming out against books. That's right, SJW's Mad About Milo's book deal. Plus, where time allows, we may talk a, a little bit about this nightclub shooting in Turkey, and uh, maybe even a little bit of Donna Argentina, if we can. Donna, Donna Brazil, whatever her name is, <laughs> that, that lady in charge of the DNC somehow, still. But uh, it'll be all this and more in your favorite hour of listening material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on iTunes. Thank you for keeping us afloat and helping us upgrade stuff on Patreon. Thank you for emailing us. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. Remember, there's more of the show on the audio platforms, iTunes, Podbean, SoundCloud, Stitcher. You can listen to the call-in show we do every Wednesday night on demand, plus bonus material you won't find on YouTube. Last thing, I swear, because this gets longer and longer every time, <laughs> we uh, notified the winners of our Christmas giveaway uh, that we did. So we did that giveaway on Christmas Day for a t-shirt show, or uh, t-shirt, a show t-shirt, I should say, uh, or mug. And there were four winners, and I heard back from two. So check your email box, uh, inboxes if you entered. Either you are a winner, or you might be a winner, because if these people aren't back with me by tomorrow, I'm picking two more. So that's all I got for announcements. On with the show. Any uh, New Year's uh, fanciness or festivities for you? Hopefully it was better than mine. 
No, no. I was like, ah, let's go to sleep at 11 o'clock. Mm. Life, it's just not the same in your late 20s as it is in yeah. your early 20s. There's nothing I love more than Which watching sad, Netflix and going to sleep at 11 o'clock. Now that you mention <laughs> that, this is the last New Year's of my 20s. Oh, yeah, and me I, too. I spent it sick and diseased. Well, that's not a, a good omen for what was left of my youth, I suppose. Eh. That's all right. I guess we have uh, to grow up. <laughs> at some point. It was definitely a year of growing up for both of us. A lot of wise adult decisions made, I would say. I know. I That's know. what 2016 will be remembered for. Anyway, I do have a couple of uh, update items. Last we did the podcast, we had that. We were trying to break down whether that Knoxville Santa was a fraud or not. If you missed the last Christmas special, we did about half the show trying to figure out if this story of a child dying in Santa's arms was legit or not. We had a poll of the listeners to see what uh, listener opinion was on this. Actually, a pretty even split. So, yeah, fifty-one uh, percent yeah. of our respondents. We're kind of with you and I. I think we were probably both in the half-truth camp. Or did you think he was 100% fraud? can't remember. I don't know. I don't know. I, I like slept on it for a little while. And I just, I still can't decide. So the the leader, the leading response was uh, that he's an embellisher. That maybe some of this is true, but probably not all of it. And that's kind of mm. where I ended up because of the discrepancies yeah. in his story. But a healthy population believe he is 100% fraudulent. That was 26% and only that 23%. That is a healthy population. Hmm. Yeah. 23% thought he was 100% legit. So, interesting. I don't know. I'll be, I, I, that's probably the end of it. I don't know if more will come out of this story, but I'd be curious to see if there are more developments. Or maybe there are. Because you know what? I didn't look into it. So, if you, <laughs> if you uh, have more on the Santa story, feel free to send it to me or email us. That's beautyinthebeta at gmail.com. Uh, oh, I also wanted to ask you, do you have a New Year's resolution? Because mine is no more Twitter fights. I'm done. I'm not doing it. And I know um, a lot of people are going to take this as provocation to come try to Twitter fight me. I'm not doing it. Try to break me. <laughs> I dare you. Try He's to break me. He's not going to do it. I'm not taking this crap. It's a bad a reflection on me and it's a waste of time. And I will, I'm happy to invite people onto the show, people who have genuine disagreement with us and me. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not doing this Twitter fight crap anymore. That is my promise to myself. Uh, yeah. Um, let's see. I don't know. I guess I should eat better. It's been a bad few weeks of eating. So That's in two thousand days though. Yeah. But like, I want to eat like really good, high quality food. I think, I think I'll feel better. So that's so what I want to try. You're on a quest for purity. Is that the way you would put it? Yeah. You know, I watched this Black Pigeon Speaks video about where <laughs> your food comes from. And now I just look at everything a little bit differently. And so I think I need to learn a little bit more about where my food comes from and setting, act accordingly. I'm teeing up the blonde Fuhrer jokes right there <laughs> for people just to knock them right out of the park. Hopefully there's some of that stuff going on in the chat. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. Yes, there is. Oh, <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, other, another thing, uh, logistical item here. We had an awesome couple, couple of weeks of listener art or a couple of features that I want to show. Did. That are really cool. Uh, let's see what I got here from Josephine at Misty Blue Sea on Twitter. She expanded this roster. I saw this earlier, but this is a kind of a mock of Super Smash Brothers where you can pick your your character that you play as. And there's a whole huge roster here of a bunch of cool names, yourself uh, and me included. 
right there between nice. Robert Skeptic and Blair White. Not bad company uh, on this roster here. A lot of people that I really look up to and I know we really look up to. And this is just really cool artwork that I think probably took a lot of time to put this together. It's very detailed and it looks really legit. So at uh, Misty Blue Sea, thank you for that. And then we had uh, our guy, Facepalm Reality, friend of the show, put together this Where's Waldo of our shitposting team, kind of our frequent Twitter friends. <laughs> and it's very detailed, probably much more detailed than this 720p stream will allow you to see. And to be honest, I tried to find myself in the Where's Waldo Sea, and I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't find myself either, but someone else said that they did. Okay. So we were, before the show, we were like, do you think he put us in there, or is it just like a trick to get us to dig through, <laughs> to get us to get, dig through this and not be able to find ourselves? So apparently we can verify we are in there somewhere. <laughs> all right. All right. And Jay Fry is like a Hulk creature in this or something. I don't think that's accurate. Anyway, he, and then the other piece of art that he sent me, this is great. So the Sarah Harvard story, this journalist that I sent who was soliciting stories of Trump-inspired harassment and violence, and we sent her that fraudulent one to see if she would pick it up, and sure enough, she did run with it, at least on her Twitter account. Anyway, Facepalm Reality sent us this, so it's probably too small on your screen to read, but you can see there's it's a note from me, and the artwork is me as an Indian in the upper right there. And it says, Dearest Sarah, my name is Kachaho, runs with Skaggs, is his full Indian name, I guess. I am writing, uh, I'm writing you today to tell you about what happened to me. I was visiting the local grain market with my cat Toto, as I do every third moon. Suddenly, a couple of white men with MAGA hats shouted at me to go back to Mexico. When I told them I was Cherokee, they grabbed Toto and pulled his insides, his insides from his anus. That's terrible. <laughs> they then threw him in my face and chanted Trump repeatedly. I am using his blood to write this letter so that you, the chosen one, may get the truth out. Yours, Ketchaho. And Sarah <laughs> says, I will do it for Toto. With her safety pin and all. So that was great. Uh, thanks Excellent. to Thanks to Josephine and our guy Facepalm Reality for great artwork. I also want to give a quick update on the Sarah Harvard story. Most people watching this are probably familiar with what happened. If not, those videos are on my channel. You can go back and check them out. Basically, the latest development was she, after I published uh, my video and it kind of blew up, she got in touch with me and wanted an interview. And I agreed to do that in good faith. She said in the interview that she was going to write kind of a self-reflective apology piece. And I said, hey, that's great. Then she used the interview instead just to smear me as a right-wing oh, yeah. troll and then saying that I wouldn't admit to my bias and all these things when that was never asked in the interview at all. <laughs> and so I, after she published that, I said, Sarah, this is really dishonest. And I gave you an interview in good faith. Will you please right. do the same for me? No response. And then I made the video and asked again, here's a video response to your smear piece on me. Will you do what I did for you? Will you give me a good faith interview about your work? No response. Funny. How very professional. So yeah, that seems to be the end of the Sarah Harvard saga, at least for now. I mean, every step that she made only made herself look worse. And yeah. I don't want to see someone sink like that necessarily, but she seems to believe that she was targeted. Stop digging do your you own hole. Do you think she really believes that though? No. 
Well, I, don't I don't know. I don't think that she really believes she was targeted. I think she might be able to convince herself. I mean, the, no, I think she ran into some career consequences and some people were like, wow, you are a liar and you're incompetent. And she was like, shit, I better do some backpedaling. And that's what that was about. I don't think that she had good intentions. No. Oh, no, I don't think she had good intentions at any point in this. But I do think the victim mentality that people like her have adopted. That's true. I think, right. I think maybe she is indoctrinated enough to believe that she was a victim in this and that she was targeted. Why do you target me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a, well, because you asked familiar. for it. Yeah. You literally you asked for it. <laughs> precisely. Precisely. You can't ask for something, be provided with it and then claim to be targeted. That just makes no sense. Yeah. Really? What are you and wearing, Sarah? The fact of the matter is, even if I had picked her out of nowhere, you know, what would have saved her? proper journalistic process yeah none of this would have ever happened if she put an ounce of scrutiny to the story yeah yeah like i don't scrutinize everything that i retweet but everything that i write about for sure yeah well, especially and, and if i picked a story out and wrote about it i would be really checking the facts and to be fair you know she never wrote a story about it she just pushed it on twitter as true and, but I, but even in my criticism of her, I always qualified that as the case. I never I never over I, I never tried to make it a bigger case than it was. I said, look, this is just a tweet. She didn't write a story. For all I know, she does right. great work in her published work. I went above and beyond to be fair to her, and that's why it, it bothered me so much that she threw me under the bus. But most are people surprised? are smart. Any any objective, not indoctrinated, crazy person can compare the two pieces of work and realize what's going right. on here. So I'm not mad about it. In fact, it works out quite well for me, mm -hmm. but it didn't have to be as bad for her. It's interesting when we did this, I, I didn't even really want to mention it in a video because it was just a tweet. I thought this isn't that big of a deal, but since I'm going to talk about these hoaxes, it's something to add in there's just a supplementary piece. Everything that she has done has only magnified the story. Every step that she's taken from, interviewing me and agree and agreeing to uh have me record it i had her consent to record it by the way right. right that was a mistake on her part because it showed that her intentions were completely dishonest from the get-go but she knew that people probably wouldn't look into it it was also brazen well yeah and even the title of the smear piece like i was i fell for a right-wing troll then I decided to call him like, oh, you're so courageous. Yeah, you're so you, courageous. Yeah. You called me. I wonder how, you know, I'm such a terrifying, intimidating figure as our chat knows so well. Ooh, <laughs> call me. It's so scary. Yeah. Anyway, that's old news for a lot of people. So I don't want to spend too much time on it. What I do want to talk about tonight, what I think is fascinating, is this A&E documentary originally titled Generation KKK. Then it took a bunch of heat because SJWs thought it was normalizing the KKK, so they changed it to escaping the KKK. That's why was... they changed it? Yes. Even though it, the goals of the documentary are completely aligned with oh. their white supremacist witch-hunting worldview, they changed it because they thought it would like humanize clan members or whatever. So they made it escaping the KKK, so it would be very clear that it was about trying to get people to leave the KKK. So this was announced recently that it was going to premiere on January 10th, featuring none other than Daryl Lamont Jenkins, the guy who, if you're not familiar, if you're new to the show, 
Blonde and I went to Cleveland in January, and this guy was stalking us out in the public square. Literally just, following us around for days. For yeah, days. Like it was crazy. Like over our interviews, just being weird. Until just I finally, because I did like five minutes of reporting for Red Ice Radio. Yes. And I talked to him for a solid chunk of time. He accused us of being white supremacists. Here's a, just a clip of that. So if you're unfamiliar, you can see what this is the guy that we're dealing with here. That's what white supremacy does. Who is out here trying white, to ruin people's lives? White supremacy who, ruins who, people's who, who, no. lives. You guys so want to associate white, with that. White, I'm a white supremacist. Are you prepared to say that? Yes. On what basis? On the basis of your association. Am I a white supremacist? Seriously. I'm a white person. I say fuck white Am I a white supremacist? That's so fucking hard. Why? Why? Do you know that? One of the forgotten quotes of the year. I'm a white person and I say fuck white people. Oh my God. <laughs> so, so that's the guy who followed us around. It's announced that he's going to have this big docu-series on A&E starting January oh. 10th. This Generation KKK thing. And the trailers come out for it. Let's check out the trailer, this, this brief one minute explaining what the show's going to be. The KKK is not a harmless group of people, people that just want to promote their race and their heritage. The menace of hate in today's society can only be diminished if every last one of us rise up, names it, shames it out of existence. That's the only way it's going to go away. We show them that there is a way out. I'm here to help guide you through this process, if you let me. This cycle ends here. This generation will be the last generation that has to deal with this nonsense. Hashtag expose hate. Dun, dun, dun. Which he really did with me. He really did with us. Got exposed so bad by Daryl Lamont Jenkins. I love that clip because you just look confused. You're like, what? I, I was. I was. I'm a white supremacist? Me? Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> amazing. Okay, so it's supposed to premiere January 10th. Like I said, it took a little bit of heat for the title of the show. They changed it. There's another problem, though. I think it was Christmas Eve or right around Christmas. Um, this show got abruptly canceled. And you might wonder why. Well, A&E issued a statement on this. A&E says, let's, uh, let's get this up here. Um, A&E learned last night from the third-party producers who made the documentary that cash payments, which we currently understand to be nominal, were made in the field to some participants in order to facilitate access. Okay, so A&E is saying, okay, uh, just to talk to these KKK guys, they paid them, which violates A&E's policy on documentaries. You're not supposed to pay people to be the subject of documentaries, but the publication, at least under A&E's policy, anyway, the publication Variety did some uh, further digging on this. This came out December 30th, and they have much more significant claims against the producers of this show. Uh 
So here says Variety, the KKK leaders who were interviewed by Variety detailed how they were wooed with promises. The program would capture the truth about life in the organization, encouraged not to file taxes on tax payments for agreeing, agreeing to participate in the filming, presented with pre-scripted fictional story scenarios, instructed what to say on camera, asked to misrepresent their actual identities, motivations, and relationships with others, and reenact camera shoots repeatedly until the production team was satisfied. And I forget where it is in this article, but they're not alleging, oh yeah, KKK leaders divulged that they were paid hundreds of dollars in cash for each day of filming to compel them on camera to distort the facts of their lives to fit the documentary's predetermined narrative. Tension between the clan members and relatives uh, of theirs who wanted them to get out of the clan. So this isn't just simply like, hey, can we talk to you and we'll buy you a subway footlong in exchange? This is hundreds of dollars per day for complete fabrications. So let me ask you a question, Matt. Do you think that it's possible that Daryl Lamont Jenkins is funding the KKK? <laughs> Do you think that's possible? I, I didn't think of that angle, but it's, according to Variety, 100% true. And if you buy the testimony of these well, let's put it this way. Daryl Lamont Jenkins is not the only guy making this documentary. I don't even think he's a producer. He is one of the people involved with it. So I don't want to overstate I, that. I find it hard to believe he's not involved in this. Oh, I, of course he is. He is involved. That I, is I'm, some race traitor shit right there. I well, just want to say that. <laughs> I mean... It, on the basis of his associations, to use his reasoning, right? On the basis of his yeah, associations. Yeah, on the basis I, of his associations. Jeez. I, I think it's fair enough to say that he is funding the KKK. But this is what's so interesting. I mean, you remember the the trailer there where he says, like, the KKK isn't just some, you know, group that cares about their heritage or whatever. If it's so dangerous, why do you have to fake it? Why is everything fake now from Sarah Harvard to this if, if Trump supporters are so dangerous, if the KKK is so dangerous, why do you have to fake it? And I don't want that to be misconstrued as any kind of support for the KKK on my part. I'm just saying, if they are as dangerous as you're describing, you should be able to go get footage of them and talk to them about how dangerous their ideas are with no trouble whatsoever. They wouldn't be hard to find either. I've never met anybody in the KKK before. How many people in this country are actually in the KKK? For real. Like, how many I do think you think? I think it's like 5,000. I looked it up 5,000 people. Yeah. And it Seriously? might be less. I mean, it might be less. I mean. Uh, and I, so, and here's, there's some more interesting pieces to this, too. There was, uh, oh, there was one quote in here, too. The production team even paid for material and equipment to construct and burn wooden crosses and Nazi swastikas, according to multiple sources, including Richard Nichols, who was one of the featured subjects of the documentary series, as well as the Grand Dragon of the KKK cell, known as the Tennessee White Knights of the Invisible Empire. <laughs> Such a great name. <laughs> he said he was also encouraged by a producer to use the epithet nigger in interviews. Oh, so they, they coached him up to use the N-word more. Um, but and, is okay. this guy legit KKK? I mean, do Google Richard Nichols, Tennessee White Knights. Uh, there is a section in here, too. I want to be fair because it says sources close to the production also cast doubt. So the producers of the show are saying they doubt the testimony of the KKK leaders describing them as liars 
motivated by an agenda to scuffle the scuttle, excuse me, motivated by an agenda to scuttle a series that could make them look bad if it ever aired. So <laughs> you're supposed to believe when you read that, that the KKK leaders in this show were convinced that they were going to be given fair representation on mainstream TV. And then after it was taped, they're like, hey, I think those people on A&E might make us look bad. They might make okay. us look bad. Let's try to discredit this. What? I highly doubt that. That seems... What what actual KKK person is going to be filmed and interviewed with the expectation they're going to be fairly represented and positively portrayed? No. I don't buy that at all. I'd imagine if you're in the KKK, you know a thing or two about how you're going to be portrayed in the media. <sighs> so, <laughs> the other thing I love about this, too. So... Daryl and the rest of the people who make this show do an incredibly dishonest, unethical, flat-out fraudulent uh, job in making it. And yeah. what is it that busts it up in the end? The goodwill and ethics of clan members. <laughs> like the ethical behavior of clan members to be like, you know what? This is just too messed up. I can't do it. It's too, it's too shady, you guys. I can't do it. I, I'm calling it. That's oh. the, the ironies here are so rich. And this is another the story I was telling you before we went live. If you watch that full Cleveland interaction between us and Daryl Lamont Jenkins, at one point he says he's going to do his research and prove he's going to build the case that I am a white supremacist. And I said, oh, I, I can't wait to read that. Please email it to me. Of course, it never hit my inbox. And I did follow up with him a couple times a few weeks after. Asking, hey, where, where's that report on my <laughs> white supremacist ties and, you know, my, my big plot and all this stuff? Never had it. But he did say, well, and I told him, I, I remember telling him on Twitter, I was like, you are wasting your life with a witch hunt, dude. You are wasting your life with a yes. witch hunt. Do something more productive. And he said, oh, you just wait a few months and see. And I said, okay, well, I can't wait to see what you have in a few months. I'm pretty sure he was bragging about this when he was talking shit to me on Twitter. I'm pretty sure he was bragging about this. Yeah, he wouldn't have been able to use any of the footage of us at the RNC because he just kept calling us Nazis and KKK members, and we just looked confused. I don't think it was very useful. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he. Uh, but he didn't have a camera with him other than his phone at the at the RNC. So I his, don't think he was his filming. company or whatever is One People's Project. Yeah. Um. Are they? in any way responsible for this? Or is it Daryl Lamont Jenkins that's acting independently of One People's Project that's involved with this a &E series? Because this needs to discredit him entirely. It, you know, he's been on like some, he's been on Rachel Maddow, I yeah. think. They he's had been on some on, pretty big Right after shit. Hillary's alt-right speech. Her crazy lady anti-fraud I just don't understand. Speech. He doesn't have any followers. Nobody reads um, whatever. I don't even know what blog he writes. So how is he getting these media spots and this media attention? How is he getting he, mainstream? Oh, he had media? funding. He had funding. From um, who? From something called the Brookings Institute. Which oh, that's was like some right. New York, yeah. like New York City multicultural charity but they had, of some he's kind. He's not still getting that funding. There's yeah, no they, that place shut down. But clearly someone or something is funding him. And the, I believe the controversy, too, was that particular charity got some degree of federal funding, too. I mean, if there's any federal dollar supporting this witch hunting of, of people like us going around right, talking to right. people with just in a public square at a public event. That's, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a real problem. Yeah. I would say so. 
Huh? I don't know why did why it is amazing. We talk on this show all the time about how the hell like why does Amy Schumer get jobs? Why why did the Amy Schumer Seth Rogen Bud Light ad campaign happen? Yeah, but this like is another example but, but of Amy Schumer is an actress and a comedian, and Seth Rogen yeah. is an actor. Daryl Lamont Jenkins is a is a, a master w- level race baiter. I mean, yeah, I mean, what what is he he does he write or? You know. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Can you point to anything? I will say what I will have always said. Daryl, you are more than welcome to come talk about this on the show, and I'll give you a fair hearing to do it because I want to know what went through your head when you're stalking us in a public square. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and why you chose this path in life instead of having a family or doing something productive, you know, like your mission. It's it's over. It's over, Daryl. You got to choose a different path in life. You fucked up. Yeah. Look, Daryl, if you want to get in touch with me, I'll tell you what. Float me a couple hundred bucks. We'll script the whole thing in advance. We'll fake it. We'll make it look (laughs) really good. And if we have any problems, we can film it again. Yeah, we'll do a bunch of takes. You know, yeah, no problem. Mm -hmm. Those KKK guys might be too moral for you, but not me. Not me. I'll take your money, dude. A hundred bucks a day. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hundred bucks a day, gladly. (laughs) Jeez. Well, that's all I got on Daryl. Unless you want to talk more about it but those were oh, all the no, facts he did uh he did tweet my my last name again as some sub retaliatory act for me covering the story on my channel dun 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 and i'm like oh i'm so scared did you cover so this scared. story this kkk story the documentary story yeah did i miss that video i don't think i saw it no no i didn't cover it on my channel like i, I just was covering it on twitter i was just oh, frantically okay. tw- i was, I was so pissed you know the variety article and some other stuff yeah 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 okay good yeah. So that pisses me off. He still thinks that he's going to be able to subdue us in this way. So, you know, we need to crush these people when they're down. No pity, Skag. Well, my urge is not for pity. I do see value in trying to understand just what the hell they're thinking. I see value in trying to understand what the hell Sarah Harvard is thinking. Same with Daryl Lamont Jenkins. Why? You can't change them. They're too damaged. They have a disease of the mind, Skag. Well, maybe they are, but maybe I just feel like if I could understand them thoroughly i could be better at identifying this garbage in the future and calling it out earlier maybe i don't know do you ever fear that understanding them is going to make you lose faith in humanity maybe Uh, that's the last year has the last year has uh definitely made me rethink the nature of humanity maybe you don't want to understand no i i always do absolutely (laughs) absolutely and no matter how much I disagree with a person and think that they just suck in their approach and their outlook, I still want to talk about it. I really do. Um, yeah. So I don't want, I would love to have Daryl on here not to just talk shit. But with these people, want. these aren't people that you've had a single interaction with. This is like a back and forth that you have with both of them. It's not like you're going to reach an agreement if you talk to them more. Like we no. pretty well understand that both of these people are uh, huge, incompetent, destructive idiots. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess... I view his purposes as very destructive. I think him coming after someone like you or I and clearly destructive in his intent, threatening to ruin my life, threatening to contact my employers, threatening. I mean, he said some messed up stuff to me about yeah, how he's he going said to he's going to ruin your life. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want to be him. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin anyone's life. Right. It's just such a pathetic, not productive, shameful, lame existence. I just don't want to be cursed into bitterness like they are. I don't want to be that person. It's honestly, 
like watching him do what he does in Cleveland was just pathetic. It's just a pathetic waste of what you can do with your life. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to sit here Googling him for hours a day, trying to figure out some damning piece of information to try to ruin his life. I just want him to be able to spout off his own idiocy and have. No, no, the... I'm not talking about using stuff from his personal life. I'm talking about using his work and his disc, oh. his discredited work. Like this yeah, anything? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like how does yeah. this not discredit him entirely? I never want to see him oh, on another main, mainstream media outlet. Like he's done for. This is like the Donna Brazil thing. It's like, okay, we've seen a piece of who you are and what your journalism really means. So you're done. You're done. Well, Donna Brazil is still on TV, as we might talk I know. about later. That's that's exactly what Do I wanted to talk about. You see my later. little transition there. I'm oh, well, we can talk about it now if you want. <laughs> I could switch up. I'm very rigid in the order the topics <laughs> have to be discussed. We could talk about um, uh, Donna Brazil. In fact, I I. Uh, Prepped a very special Donna Brazil sounder for you right here. You, you're like a thief that want to bring into the night the things that you found that was in the gutter. That's what brings Donna Brazil in. You're like a thief. You're like a thief. Who bring into the night the things that you found that was in the gutter is yes. what she just said. Yes. <laughs> so uh, one, uh, on what? ABC's This Morning, Donna Brazil was on talking about what Trump needs to do to unify America and bring people together. Just a very short clip. She doesn't say anything that outrageous, but it's one of those um, conversations or, or pieces of dialogue where you just think, why is this messenger qualified to deliver this message? Mm -hmm. If it's my way or the highway, then what, what you're going to see again is another around the gridlock in Washington, D.C. You're going to see retribution uh, and retaliation. Uh, I, I, he has an enormous opportunity, as, as every president in the first 100 days, to, to show that, um, you know, he he's eager to find common ground, to, to, to meet with, you know, Democrats, Chuck Schumer. I mean, Chuck Schumer knows Donald Trump, New Yorkers. Have him over for breakfast. Have him over for for afternoon tea, and and see if you can find some common ground. Yeah. So the bit there is just you're, you're going to talk to people about fairness. You're going to talk to people about my way or the highway. Yeah. When you, you rigged a system for one candidate when you fed debate questions to you have one lost candidate. That ability to tell us what we can and cannot do, or what we should and should not do. I You've I lost don't that authority. Yeah. I mean, it, it amazes me that given what was revealed. Oh, and by the way, saying that the that all that those accusations are both fake and stolen. I mean, let's not forget that. Just completely self-contradictory, just nonsense. She never explained that. Yeah, well, she she's never going to. It, it it's is her hair purple. Uh, I think it's just kind of a weird hue in the. Well, let me pull it up again here. You be the judge. I think it's just kind of a weird hue in the video. Hmm. But it does look kind of bluish purple, you're right. Neither here nor there. <laughs> Donna Argentina. Yeah, Donna Argentina. <laughs> our favorite Donna Argentina. The origin of that, of course, is because in that legendary interview with Megan Kelly, she kept calling, calling her Kelly. <laughs> listen, Kelly. Listen, Kelly, you like a thief. And it's like, it's <laughs> Megan. It's Megan, okay. <laughs> she never but, corrected her. Yeah, and the... It, a few things are amazing. Like one, why are you still in charge of the DNC? And I know it's on an interim basis, so they're going to find a permanent chair. It might be Keith Ellison. You know, I hate the Jews, Keith Ellison, out of, <laughs> out of Minneapolis. He does, by the way. Look it up. Uh, so why, why, even if it's interim, why are you in charge? And second, 
why are you her participation in shows like this is still voluntary okay maybe the dnc is like okay donna like look we're gonna get you out of here as quick as we can we know this is really embarrassing just stick around to like january and then we'll get you out. <laughs> you don't have to go on abc though you don't yeah. have to go on the news you don't have to do any of this or maybe she does i don't know but it, it to me just it's hide like out. one why would anyone listen to her but two why would she want to participate in it knowing that no one's going to listen to her mysteries mysteries all around because people on the left have no self-awareness and they're having a hard time accepting that it's it's kind of over for the mainstream media they huh. think that they still are wielding the same amount of power that they were pre-election um which they are not alternative media is oh my gosh speaking of which i know this is a little off topic but um I heard Stefan Molyneux give his numbers for 2016, and I think between what he said between podcasts and YouTube, 200 million views around there. Oh, God. Oh, I, don't I mean, like that to hear blows like mainstream these, media make... out of the water. I know, but that's no, incredible. that's great. That's well, just it makes great. me feel so pessimistic, though. And I'm not saying like he's a brilliant guy and he deserves every bit of it, but that, I don't know. Sometimes I feel so optimistic about our chances, and then sometimes I feel so pessimistic. But he's been doing this for 10 years. I mean, yeah, yeah. we haven't even hit a year on the podcast. Aren't we at like six months on the podcast? We started in uh, like, I think mid to late May. I can't remember. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, you know, it's a half a year thing, plot a little bit more maybe. Yeah, he, he started his channel in like 2007 or I mean something a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I should express myself more clearly. I'm just happy that people like him are succeeding. Like that is the main takeaway. I that find I that vastly reassuring because yeah. that means that people can size up the mainstream media and they realize they're not offering anything of value anymore. They're just feeding us lies. And so they look yeah. for alternatives. And there's such a, there's such a hunger for it. Like, like I look yeah. at the incredible success that Crowder's daily show is having. Oh yeah. yeah. My God. I mean, they plowed through 200, $2,000 subscriptions in no time. In no time. It was like the first 20 minutes of the, yeah. of the waterboarding special. And their show is great and deserves every bit of that. But it's also just that people are sick of being fed bullshit all the time. Right. Myself included. Right. Like as soon as that was announced, it's like, yes, take my money. I that. want you to succeed. Yeah. Both because I like you guys as content creators, but because I want your message to be amplified and this kind of crap like Donna Brazil on ABC to be minimized. Right. Exactly. So... And people are eager to do that. Cheers to I mean. that, for sure. <clears throat> and we have generous audiences. And yeah. I think that that's well, what alternative media is finding, that that people will really validate their channel and their reporting and get, give them money. And I and that Stefan Mani, who has to be rolling in dough, and Ruben's bringing in, what, 25 grand a month oh, on yeah, he's Patreon. He's been able to, to build a home studio and make something really amazing. And I, I'm so excited to see people that... I really look to and enjoy and trust and, and see this stuff succeeding. I mean, think of the alternative. How sad would it be if like Dave Rubin was like, well, it's not working out. I'm going to shut it down and go get an office job or, you know, same with Crowder or Stefan Molyneux. Oh, God. Name them. Name anyone. It would be yeah. tragic. I'd be really bummed, not just for my own entertainment sake, but for the sake of like critical thought and truth Yeah. being broadcast. Yep. That's definitely true. Yeah. But we're all highly incentivized because none of us can get another job after this. So, <laughs> yeah, so we make have, it work time. I don't know. I think I'm still safe. I think I can. But you might be screwed. I'm screwed. Uh, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> can you Plus, imagine? I quit my last job, like, you know, on good terms. And I put in my two weeks. And I, I was did like, see ya. the honorable thing. <laughs> you know, I didn't burn a lot of bridges in doing so. 
Yeah. Uh, I like to leave those things intact. I, I like to be a good boy, you know. Oh. Uh, anyway, next story here. I was really, I should have, I should have told you because since I'm a big boss behind the scenes, I should have said, hey, do your hair in, a, in Carrie Fisher cinnamon buns. I know. Why didn't you tell me? I know. I should have thought ahead and I should have been more bossy. But uh, we didn't think ahead. But it would have been great not only because uh, Carrie Fisher, of course, has passed, but there's this story uh, about Cinnabon and Cinnabon's reaction to it that got them in a bunch of hot water <laughs> uh, for tweeting for tweeting a a tribute to Carrie Fisher. Let's pull that up here. Um, so here's the Huffington Post article. Cinnabon decided to use Carrie Fisher's death to hawk its cinnamon rolls. So here's the original tweet. R.I.P. Carrie Fisher, you'll always have the best buns in the galaxy with a, it's a bunch of like cinnamon scrapings and a cinnamon bun for her hair. And it's actually very artistically good, to be honest. It's a very cool image. And of course, everyone loses their mind tweeting them, off you must log Cinnabon with a picture of Yoda. That's very clever. <laughs> really? What WTF? You know, everyone just freaking out. Um, I bet that social media intern at Cinnabon feels pretty good about him or herself right now. Thank you for being gender inclusive in that tweet, by the way. <laughs> you could say that tweet got Cinnabon into a sticky situation. And then the list goes on. And of course, Cinnabon caves. Our deleted tweet was genuinely meant as a tribute, but we shouldn't have posted it. We are truly Hi. sorry. Hey, boycott Cinnabon for apologizing. That's what I say. That's what I say. But I love Huffington Post's sub-headline here. There's really no good way for a corporate brand to honor a celebrity's passing. Why not? Yeah. Why? Why? Why, why is a corporate brand not allowed to honor a celebrity's passing? And by the way, the other key piece of information here is Carrie Fisher's own words. This was Carrie Fisher being interviewed prior to The Force Awakens released last year. Uh, quote, I'd like to wear my cinnamon buns hairstyle again, but with it, but with white hair, she joked. I think that would be funny. Carrie Fisher herself called this the cinnamon buns hair look. And I think these people would have a point if Cinnabon had tweeted out like, R.I.P. Carrie Fisher, you'll always have the best buns. Um, bring in like this, I don't know, a print off of this tweet to get a free Carrie Fisher cinnamon bun. <laughs> like if, if you're actually commercializing it, that's yeah. a, a little bit maybe in poor taste, although you know, I don't know. But this is the intent here is clearly not to try to commercialize this. It's 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 taking a unique cinnamon roll look. They, they come from a perspective of cinnamon rolls. And they take that cinnamon roll perspective in a tribute to Carrie Fisher. And of course, they're going to tweet out, hey, it was genuinely meant as a tribute. Sorry. God, no. everybody gets so offended at everything. Just be cool. It's not a big deal. God. And, and they're such frauds. I mean, we're not covering yeah. new territory in the fraudulence of this, but you're telling me Cinnabon is morally inferior for doing this, but you're morally superior because you call this out and you oh you care so much about Carrie Fisher. Same people with same thing with everyone who was a Prince fan all of a sudden earlier right. this year. Oh yeah, I'm the biggest Prince fan. Oh yeah, I'm the biggest George Michael fan. No, you're not. No, you're not. It's I think this crap about when celebrities die and everyone has to go. It's like the the form of virtue signaling that irritates me the most. 
when you have to go online and be like, no, no, I was the biggest fan. No, you weren't. <laughs> you just weren't. Name me five Prince songs. Yeah, Name really. me five George Michael songs. Can you, can you rehearse some Princess Leia lines from Star Wars? Uh... I don't think so. So, <laughs> I, I honestly, there's, the disappointment is seeing that they caved. I wish they would have said, it's a tribute. Fuck off. Yeah, I know. I would have gotten a Cinnabon that day. Oh, yeah. And then people... Gone to my nearest airport. <laughs> uh, yeah. Other fraudulent people tweet like, I'll never get your cinnamon rolls again. Yes, you will. Just like you said. Next time you're flying, you're going to be like, two-hour layover. Damn, that cinnamon roll looks good. And you're, yeah. the moral, virtuous voice inside of you is suddenly going to cave and be like, oh, yeah, I know they were mean to Carrie Fisher, but you should get one of those dank cinnamon rolls and you're going to go buy it. So stop. Just stop. <laughs> anyway, that's that's my uh, that's my bit on Cinnabon. My advice to Cinnabon. Just, I don't know. Hopefully, we'll reach a point here where companies will stop caving to this crap because it was only up for forty five minutes. They caved in forty five minutes. Well, they'll do whatever is going to benefit them most financially, and so as political opinions shift. Um, corporations will follow. Ah. And so I think that if it actually started to benefit them financially for them to write a tweet that says, fuck you, I'm not, I'm not apologizing for anything anymore. It will. It and will. at some point like it said, will. I, I'll go buy uh, whatever. Do you it, sell yeah. like a Costco pack of your cinnamon rolls? Cause I'll buy them if you do it. I swear to God, I will do it. Here's another uh, one, one last piece of interesting information on this story that I want to highlight. Oops. One second. So they say uh, the brewing storm is similar to one that blew up in General Mills' corporate face after Prince died in April. The cereal company put out a tweet featuring the words rest in peace against a purple backdrop. The place of the dot over the eye was a single Cheerio. Oh, the horror. Oh, yeah, that blew up in their corporate face that they would say rest in peace to Prince and have the audacity to put in a Cheerio because, yeah, they're Cheerios. The General Mills, they make Cheerios, okay? It's, I don't know. This this kind of crap just pisses me off. Oh, I can't believe you would see like Cheerios stuff on the Cheerios account. I can't, it, and who are you really helping? I mean, I have no doubt that these companies are trying to pay respects to people that have died, like cultural icons who have died. Why is that wrong? Why should they be shamed for that? The corporations, that's why. Yeah, that's this is what's what really bothers me. Uh, we have reached a point on the left where corporations in and of themselves are suspect. Like if it's a corporation, it's evil. And not only that, but if someone is successful and therefore wealthy, they are to be demonized solely by virtue of their wealth, not their ethics, but just the fact that they have money. Not cool. Yeah, it's always the left, and they never apply this to politicians, do they? Well, certainly not uh, <clears throat> not Hillary Clinton. <laughs> no, indeed. Not Donna Argentina. Okay. Uh, ooh, man. Time is flying by, which is good because we'll, uh, we'll have time here for um, another one of my favorite stories this week, which is uh, Milo was teasing this on social media. He said he was teasing it like big news tomorrow and stuff. So I, as the Milo super fan that I am, uh, along with many people, 
was kind of interested to see because I suspected it was going to be a big announcement. Was he going to like join some other news organization? Was he going to, I don't know, have something maybe like the tour was going to be bigger or something better? He got a quarter million dollar book deal from Simon and Schuster. So nice applause, applause for that. Clap, clap, clap. Uh, and this is another way, another area in which the left has lost me. I don't care what your political perspective is. If you come out against books, fuck off. <laughs> if you're, if you're a book burner, fuck off. Uh, I, I agreed, have no patience yeah. for that. I don't, <laughs> I don't, sorry. If you want to ban Mein Kampf, fuck off. Mm-hmm. We don't ban books. We don't ban ideas. We don't boycott the publication of any idea no matter how allegedly dangerous even if the book is titled dangerous as this one is incidentally so uh let's see we got the there's an article here on some of the reaction some of the social justice virtue signaling again on twitter in reaction to the publication of this book the breitbart article yeah it's the breitbart article let's pull that up here So Sarah Silverman, we'll get to her momentarily because I love this. The guy has freedom of speech, but to fund him and give him a platform tells me a lot about Simon & Schuster, the publisher. Yuck and boo and gross. And, you know, Judd Apatow comes out. Can we not let these hate mongers get rich off their cruelty? (laughs) And Howard Dean, Paris Hilton, Joy Reid, the list goes on and on. They all basically say the same thing with a lot of people saying, including the Chicago review of books, if that's the correct title of the organization, saying we're not going to review any titles from your publication this year because you've agreed to publish this, the worst guy in the history of the world. Stop. You're boycotting the publication of a book. And by the way, this is what I love too. Oh, SJWs are going to boycott his book? Uh, That's going to be really effective. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, it turns out SJW boycotts are good for business because a few days after the announcement of the book, number one, Number one best-selling book on Amazon. So I thought it was we, number two last time I checked. It, it, it reached it number did, one. It did reach number one, and now uh, it's dropped. Uh, a couple of days ago, it was at number one. Now it's dropped to like five or six. But, I mean, oh, no, only five or six. <laughs> Point is, SJW boycotts are good for business, so we need to get some SJW boycotts of this show. I don't know. We'll have to mm. work harder to inspire that. I think we would have to get them in. We have to reel them in first, lure them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know how we're going to do that. Daryl can help us with that, like creating (laughs) false situations uh, and blowing up things that are minor and making them seem major. Daryl can help us with that. Returning to the original complainer in this story, Sarah Silverman. Okay, because it's one thing if like your average college gender studies person starts doing this virtue signaling and whining and moaning on Twitter. One thing that will always annoy me is when comics do it. Because a comic... (laughs) above all, above anyone else, should understand context for words, the need to push boundaries, right? Um, the need to be shocking, the need to provoke, the need to do the exact type of things that Milo is famous for. A comic should understand that because that is how a comic makes money. A comic and Milo make money in essentially the same way. And they're almost the same in a lot of ways. So I, I just did a little bit of look. I'm not a Sarah Silverman fan, really. I'm not hugely familiar with her work. But I, I thought, come on, Sarah. Like, you're, you're going to say that Milo says things that are so much worse. Right. Uh, I'm going to have to take a look at some of your comedy, Sarah. So here's, <laughs> here's some of 
I will say the last clip in this is the most shocking to me. It comes from her show that was on Comedy Central called the Sarah Silverman program. Here's some things that Sarah Silverman has said uh, in her comedy. She was so angry. She was Mexican, and I, I think I, well, I know I did that, like, Mexicans are filthy joke, which is fucking stupid, and then, um, I think I did something about, like, blowing a Mexican and having diarrhea for a week. <laughs> she came up to me, and she was like, uh, um, I'm Mexican, and guess what? I don't stink. And I just, I felt so bad, like, my, my heart just broke. Like, I had to explain to her, like, you can't smell yourself. Everybody blames the Jews for, for killing Christ, and then the Jews try to pass it off on the Romans. You know, I'm one of the few people that believes it was the blacks. I want to be the first comic ever to shit on Martin Luther King. Oh my God, Eugene, I am so sorry. You were right, it's so much harder to be black than it is to be Jewish. I'd kill myself if I were black. No, sir. You were right. It's harder to be Jewish. Well, I guess we'll just have to agree to disagree. <laughs> okay, I'm going to pause it right there. If, if you're listening to the show, that's Sarah Silverman in full, very racist blackface. Oh, yeah. And in the context of this episode is her and her black friend, they had some kind of disagreement about whether it's harder to be Jewish or black. And so they, they said, let's switch so we can see. So the black guy is in, I guess, Jew face. <laughs> like he's got, he's got the nose. You could see off, off on the side there. He's got the yarmulke. What do they call the little twirly hair things? He's got oh, those. I don't know. And she's in ultra racist blackface. That was the funniest I've ever heard her being. Well, to be fair. But that, and that's the thing. I'm not going to sit here and complain like, I can't believe how offensive those jokes are. Those jokes are fine. Yeah. You, yeah. you make those jokes if you want. Don't make those jokes and then be offended later by someone who makes jokes, honestly, in my opinion, far less offensive than the ones that she just had. I don't think I've ever heard Milo say, Milo's most offensive jokes or commentary are often self-deprecating. Like the racist stuff right. that's like, oh, I love banging black dudes or whatever. It's kind of <laughs> self-deprecating too. Yeah. I've heard so, him say a thousand times. Uh, what is it? Don't call me or talk to me unless you're over seven inches and don't know your father. That's the one. Right. That's probably that's probably the most shocking or most That's the most shocking one. thing I've heard him say before. I, so I don't get this. Uh, the same thing with Seth Rogen and Amy Schumer when they did the crap with Bud Light. And, and you're trying to be a comedian and politically correct. Sarah Silverman, I don't know if she wrote a book. Or if she has written books or if she plans to write one. I'm sure maybe she'll write her memoir. You know, my <laughs> life as a mediocre co a comedian. <laughs> you can buy it. You know, I'm sure it won't reach number one on Amazon. Right, really. <laughs> but I, I just don't understand how you can't, how you lack this self-awareness. Am I supposed to boycott her book when that comes out and say, oh, Sarah Silverman once made a joke about how Mexicans are smelly and, you know, but, You'll get diarrhea if you ingest their I think she their would make the argument <laughs> that she's a comedian and that Milo is a political figure. I bet that's the argument she would make. I mean, that's purely speculative. So, I don't. I don't think that that matters. I mean, she goes on Bill Maher all the time and talks about. I mean, she went to the DNC, right? She was at the DNC and said. Uh, you Bernie Bros are being ridiculous. She goes on Bill Maher all the time and talks about her politics. 
So right. is it just that she separates those hats? Like she wears a comedian hat sometimes and a political pundit hat well, sometimes? Well, why can't Milo do that? He definitely has the entertainment personality, and that's a big part of his shtick. I don't, I don't yeah. see why that's different. I, I don't know. I, I, I can't believe that she can't see the double standard, the standard that she's holding someone else to and the standard that she holds for herself. It's, right, right. it's ridiculous. So someone in the chat just said she did say that in her tweets. Oh, did she? Did she? Can anyone confirm in the chat if she, she said, said that she said, said that Milo? Well, I assume it, 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 that she said that Milo is um, a political figure and she's a comedian. That's why it's different. Oh, yeah. OK. So please confirm in the chat if that's if you can. Yeah, I never follow good. her Twitter or anything like that. So I don't know because she's not very funny. So I don't care. <laughs> so women, women aren't funny. We know this. <laughs> Some are There's some she funny women. I just can't <laughs> name any right now except for Tina Fey, which is who everybody always says when they're talking about funny women. <laughs> okay. Uh, the only other story I had is not funny, not, I don't know, it just sucks, but I figured maybe we'd talk about it with the, the amount of time left. But man, this this terrorist shooting in Turkey, was God, it last I know. night? Or it's very recent. It's within the last 48 hours, right? Yeah, yeah. So the numbers I saw, 39 dead, 69 injured, four in critical condition at this nightclub that had a crowd of 400 to 500 people, many of whom were from foreign countries. The gunman had a, quote, long-barreled weapon, according to people on scene, uh, killed a policeman and a civilian outside before entering and killing, just at random, like shooting whoever. 24 of the 39 killed were foreign nationals, Reports of one American hurt, not killed, but hurt, but the State Department uh, has not confirmed. So, I, and, and the gunman is still at large. There was confusion at the start about whether it was multiple or one, and now I'm seeing one gunman. The gunman's still at large? I thought I read that they caught him. I just looked this up, like, the CNN story I saw was like five hours old. So it, I mean, Ah, if they... I have been victim of some misreporting then, because I read that yesterday. Oh, you probably read that on all your fake news sites. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. I mean, I might be wrong. No, no, I'm, I'm fairly. Turkey gunman. Wow, that is terrible. 39 people. And wasn't he dressed as, um, was he dressed as Santa Claus? Oh, I didn't see that. I wonder, the thing about that was so, I wonder, is, is Turkey just like a very, I mean, why would so many foreign nationals be there? It's crazy that like, 30 countries were represented or something in this shooting. Is There's that just the nature traveling. of Turkey? It's the nature of Turkey, yeah. But the, the native population is like 98% Muslim. But then a lot of people go to Istanbul and travel through Turkey. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought there'd be more details on this story. I'm not going to speculate, even though I have my, my hunches, my suspicions, um, but I suspect one of my suspicions actually is that this will just be another lone wolf with no motive that we could figure out in any way whatsoever. Uh, just one of those crazy lone wolves. You know, no I, I motivation suspect. except for all that, you know, cited motivation in their, in their autobiography or wherever they post it on Twitter. Yeah. Jeez. This is, um, one thing that did strike me is this was very Omar Mateen in style. Yeah. And, yeah, and in numbers, to be honest. Very similar numbers, very similar event, very similar fact pattern, although we don't know. Although the person apparently escaped. But think about this. Obviously, I'm not going to give like credit to this person or something like that, but the kill count he had and to escape without being caught. 
That's incredible. That's either amazing luck or like, damn, dude, that was a plan that you had. And, and apparently it was a good plan. You would I mean, think that with all the terrorist attacks they've been having, that the police would be on it. Yeah. And th I mean, so apparently you did this with a rifle. I mean, even if you got 30 round mags or something, if you're going to hit apparently like a hundred people like he did. Good Lord. That's, uh, I don't know. There's some just, uh, the details will be interesting to see on this story, but Hey, you know, well, what a way to ring in 2017 and round out the show. <laughs> This is because I messed up our topic order. Oh, yeah, I know. I was going to go Donna, <laughs> Donna Argentina last. Donna. Oh, this is why Skag does things the way that he does them. I'm going to come in here and screw it all up. You know who I blame? <laughs> who? Scum! Who are beholden to scum! Russian scum! That's who I blame. Anytime things go wrong, I'm, I'm taking, I'm pleading Keith. Man, he really lost his shit. Just, <laughs> just melted down. There's All something right. so satisfying about a leftist public meltdown. Oh yeah, uh, we'll see many more of where I think we're gonna we're in store for at least uh, four more years. I would I would expect, but that's any, how I want to ring in 2017. Let's end on that. Note. <laughs> any more word before we sign off about Sarah Silverman's Twitter feed? Any closing comments there? Um, I don't see anything. Nope. Darn it! All right. Well, I doubt there was much in her Twitter feed to exonerate her my uh criticism of her still stands oh oh she said sorry sarah silverman said she was playing and quote playing and arrogant ignorant not being one playing and arrogant ignorant not being one the, oh, maybe about the black this face? guy is not a comedian and is not telling jokes ah, that's just not true no he's telling jokes all the time not a comedian not telling jokes you don't watch his stuff then i'm sorry you don't because that is the nature of his style is like exact a, a, a truth exaggerated and kind of blown out of proportion in a comical way to illustrate a sincere point. Right. And, and that's what all of comedy is really. I mean, comedy is always based on a piece of truth that is presented in like a different from a different perspective or presented in an exaggerated way to be absurd. That's the nature of comedy. Whatever, Sarah. You're... She has no self-awareness. Yeah. It's, it's garbage. Like you, Comedians, just because you're, I'm giving her too much credit. I, we don't need to go down this road. She's just wrong. She's just wrong. She's a hypocrite. She has no self-awareness. Fuck off, Sarah. We'll close the show with that. <laughs> 2017. <laughs> Welcome to 2017. Holy cow. Well, 2016 was an amazing year around here. I'm sure you would agree. Uh, so thanks to all of you for helping this show grow. And thanks to you guys, I think it's only good things coming in 2017. I have faith. So remember to check those email inboxes. If you entered our Christmas giveaway, you just may be a winner. So check it. Thanks to our live viewers and our live chatters who keep us honest and feed us facts. Should posting away while we try to maintain sincerity. If you're listening on YouTube or an audio platform on demand, thank you as well for supporting the show. Remember, there's more of the show including the call-in show on the audio platform, so check those out. iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, Stitcher, all linked conveniently in the description. You can always email us as well, beautyinthebeta at gmail.com. We'll be back next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It's Beauty in the Beta. We'll see you then.